0: I saw a pretty little thing approaching me she said i never seen
1: a man hour two of the wrsu wednesday crew me. eddie Collegi gideon fox dylan allen luke harker thanks for spending your time with us reminder just over an hour till we have rutgers men's basketball coverage between the scarlet knights and the minnesota golden gophers but let's move over to the nfl where some huge news this morning as the GOAT will be hanging up the helmet. Uh, he. One year ago, I was in a hotel with Chris Sakonis in Nebraska when he first made the announcement that he would be retiring, and then Adam Schefter walked it back, and then Tom Brady's own dad walked it back, and 40 days later, Tom Brady was back and played this past season. But now he made a video that seemed a bit more poignant and to the point, and he emphasized that this one is for good, so Brady... It seems his career is going to be over here at 45 years old, 23 seasons, seven Super Bowls, three-time NFL Super Bowl MVP, and of course, the great, probably the greatest career we've ever seen at this point in the NFL. It's going to be very hard for any quarterback to attain the seven Super Bowls that Tom got, and he made it to 10. If it wasn't for Eli Manning, he'd probably have nine Super Bowls at this point, so uh, just an incredible career for Tom Brady, and it... It's going to be interesting now before we talk about Brady's legacy to look at the rest of the quarterback picture because there's going to be a lot of moving parts this offseason. This is one of those years where it feels like it's going to be a very active offseason with QBs because you have four that are considered – somewhat elite in the play in the in the draft you've got Bryce Young CJ Stroud Will Levis Anthony Richardson all of them are probably going to go in the first half of the opening round to teams with quarterback needs but you've got Derek Carr who has lost his place with the Raiders and a lot of people thought that was the potential landing spot for Tom Brady so now you wonder if maybe they're going to trade up in the draft to look for a quarterback you wonder if Lamar Jackson is going to be leaving Baltimore don't know what San Francisco is going to do now after The news that Brock Purdy is probably going to need Tommy John surgery with the torn UCL. So that's going to keep him out probably all the next season. So then it's pretty much Trey Lance. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be looking for a home. So this is going to be interesting. And this is going to have some big ramifications. And the NFC South now, the quarterback room across the NFC South, it's Jameis Winston, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, and Kyle Trask. So those are four teams who may all need to sign or draft quarterbacks over the next month. So Tom Brady leaving the Bucs. Before we talk about Tom himself, Dylan, I'll go to you first. What does this mean for the Buccaneers going forwards? You know, they've still got Mike Evans. They have a solid defense that showed flashes this past year. Definitely was a flawed team. The offensive line was banged up, but Kind of wondering where they're going to go from here. The one thing I will say, since Brady retired last year and came back, I feel like they do probably have a plan in the back of their mind because they already had to deal with the potential of losing Brady just 12 months ago.
2: Yeah, and and to be honest, Brady is the least of their worries because they have a ton of unrestricted free agents this year Um, You know, other than Brady retiring. Levante David has been stellar for them at the linebacking position. He's 33 years old, but he's a free agent. Akeem Hicks was a a one-year rental from Chicago. He's a free agent. Julio Jones is a free agent. Um, And the list goes on and on. So even Sean Murphy Bunting, he's a good young corner. He's a free agent this year, really due for a new contract. Uh, again, Logan Ryan, former Giant. There's a ton of people on this team that need new deals with this team. So for them, I think th- their main goal should be to try and retain all of these players if they can. Um, and I think you should draft a quarterback, maybe not in the first round. I don't know. You haven't really gotten to see what Kyle Trask can do. I, I-, I liked him in college, but he wasn't all that great in the bowl game uh, that he played that his last year at Florida. Um So no one really knows what you have in Kyle Trask. I think you should either sign a cheap quarterback off the market, maybe like, not saying Carson Wentz because he seems unstartable, but someone like that, maybe a Mitch Trubisky, let him play for a little bit, see what they can give you and try and mix in Kyle Trask if you're a big fan of his. And the other thing too is it'll be interesting to see what they do with Todd Bowles because he wasn't all that great as, as a head coach, and he doesn't really have that great of a track record, you know, with the Jets in past years. He, in my opinion, he's better off as a defensive coordinator. So I'll be interested to see what they do as you know for the co- head coaching position too, because um, this is his first year as the as the head coach, correct? I believe. So we'll see what they do. It wasn't that great of a year offensively um, for the team. So that's another. Th- there's there's a lot of question marks with this team. Tom Brady leaving, we knew it was inevitable that it was going to happen eventually. Um... And, you know, back when they signed him, the, the whole discussion was, is it really worth it for Tampa Bay to go all in and sign a 40-something-year-old quarterback that can give you two or three years max, right? And, and it ended up working out perfectly for them. They get the Super Bowl, they went to the playoffs, had a tough loss against the Rams, and then this year they still made the playoffs even though it was not that great of a year. Didn't play all that well against Dallas, but you made the playoffs every year with Tom Brady. That's what you wanted. You wanted to have some winning. Now, if you want to continue that, like you mentioned, keep keeping guys like Mike Evans, you got to get yourself a quarterback because wide receivers don't want to play with in, incapable quarterbacks. So whether that's drafting someone this year in the first round, if you can, drafting someone in the later rounds, picking up a free agent quarterback, like I said, um, we'll see. I don't know if they'll go all in on, say, an Aaron Rodgers-type quarterback Um, like, you could possibly pick up a Baker Mayfield, you could give Sam Darnold a chance, these guys are all free agents, you could even go after Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and, you know, even if Daniel Jones doesn't sign with the Giants, which I think he would, but, you know, that's another option you have, so there are some options, there are some avenues you can go to, um, if you want to kind of test the free agent waters, and you don't want to spend all your draft picks and capital for a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. So there are some options for them, but again, I, I don't know. We don't know a whole lot about Kyle Trask and how he can play, so I think that's the big question mark. So expect to see them go after a Mitch Trubisky-type player, sign him to a one-year deal, have them battle it out in camp, and whoever wins will be their quarterback for next year. That's how I would envision that would play out in Tampa.
3: Yeah, I, li- I like that a lot, DA. I think you brought up Aaron Rodgers, and I think the, the Bucks have a good team, right? They have great receivers. Uh, the backfield is okay. They have a great O line, great defense. The line was banged up. That's why oh, they it's sucked. This exactly, year. but they should like they. Christian like, Worf is a fantastic. Yeah. Like they have, they have. It's it's. They're not building up from nothing, right? right. It's not like the Giants that are, are are trying to throw everything together and they happen to have a quarterback who's kind of making it work. They have everything, and this Tom Brady experiment didn't really succeed the way that they would have thought, especially this year. So I think that rules out Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, even let's say Rodgers comes into camp, he beats out Kyle Trask, he beats out some other guy that they sign or they draft in the sixth round, uh, whoever it might be. You only have Rodgers for what, a maximum of three, four years? And right. even though he could produce, he's not going to be here for that long. He's not going to be in Tampa for that long, even if they sign him. I think a guy like you said, Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, at, at the top of that list, those are guys you could build a team around, and you know you're going to have. You could sleep well at night knowing you have a quarterback for the next couple years. And if you get a guy like Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, they're not the flashiest guys. they are no Lamar Jackson. But you could go to sleep knowing that you have a quarterback to throw the ball. You had them barring some crazy injury or whatever. You had them for a significant amount of time. You don't have to worry about it. You never have to say the word quarterback again for a couple years. You could rest a little bit. I think getting a guy like Baker Mayfield, who has experience, have Trask learn from him a little bit, you know, then you know Mayfield leaves inevitably in a couple of years. You have Kyle Trask, who been who's been riding the bench for five years. Stick him right in there; he'll be ready to go. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers would do more harm than good to this team. I think Lamar Jackson, any team Lamar Jackson goes to, he'll succeed. Uh, right. But if the O line gets healthier, they stick a guy, a very mid quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who could get the job done. He has arm strength; he doesn't have the best arm strength. He could, you know, he'll make the plays. He, he could read defenses. Um, nothing flashy, but gets the job done. I think you get a quarterback like that. The Bucks could be a threat again if they stay healthy.
2: Yeah, and the other thing too, um, you know, Tampa has had a history. Other than resigning Tom, other than signing Tom Brady, they have had a history where they have struggled getting a good quarterback in their system, kind of drafting one and building one up. Like before Tom Brady, that team was good, and they were in shambles. They needed a quarterback. Jameis Winston was throwing thirty picks a season. And now he's with the Saints. So this has been an issue for them as a front office, being able to draft a quarterback and build them up. um, You know, a young quarterback. They had to rely on a 40 year old Tom Brady to get them a Super Bowl with a loaded team um, over these last couple of years. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's going. You know, they're going to they're going to go through this stage and perfect the decisions because they have not shown me the ability to draft a quarterback or even, you know, sign a young guy and and, and it pan out. You know, they, they needed the best quarterback of all time to go in there and win them um, some big games. So, you know, it's not going to be easy. I do like... I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, see, like, the quarterback that's not... I think they should go with a mobile quarterback because when their offensive line got banged up this year, they were so one-dimensional offensively, and Tom Brady is one of the slower quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's 45 years old. I don't expect him to be running around like Lamar Jackson, but, you know, you saw the limitations with this team when they couldn't run the ball and when their offensive line couldn't block long enough. Tom Brady was just a sitting duck. So Jimmy Garoppolo might not be the route you want to go. He's very injury-prone, can't run the ball all that well. I think that's why a Daniel Jones, if the Giants don't re-sign him, is not a bad option for the right price for Tampa. He can run. He's shown you that this year, and he can make timely throws. Now, the big question with him is: if, Can he make the big time throws down the field? He didn't really see a, a whole lot of him stretching out, stretching the field last year. So, um, those are the question marks. Even a Baker Mayfield's a little athletic and can run around a little bit. So. There's some options there on the free agent market where you don't have to spend a ton to get, like, a Lamar Jackson if you want a mobile quarterback. But I I think that's the the route they should go. They've had pocket passers in the past. Tom Brady, Jameis Winston has not worked out. And it also helps when your offensive line gets hurt. You're not so one-dimensional offensively.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I completely agree. But I, I feel like they 100% will not go with the route of Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers just because, like... They're going to want a lot of money. Like, we already know Aaron Rodgers has an exuberant um, contract, and this team is closer to rebuilding than to contending. Like, we know they were just at the Super Bowl two years ago, but a lot of the reason to that is because everyone was so young and they're on cheap contracts. Their entire defense, they're going to have to pay, uh, especially Devin White, who is elite um and, yeah, like like they're going to need somebody who can do the job, and I feel like Baker Mayfield's going to be that guy because we saw him balling out with the Rams. Obviously, uh, the Rams had a lot of injuries going into the season or uh, during the season, and um, he did what he had to do, and he showed that he still had it. Uh, I think he gets a lot of hate from that last season with the Browns, but that was also because he was playing with a hurt shoulder, and he was playing through it because he has that mentality that he wants to be the guy in there doing it no matter what, no matter if he's hurt, because he has that potential to be good. There's a reason why he was the number one pick, and there's a reason why he won the Heisman. So I feel like the potential to get him on that cheap contract to be able to re-sign a lot of these defensive players and... We saw what um, the Bucks could do with uh, Jameis Winston, who just threw the ball like it, it. Obviously, it was his job, but you know, throwing it to the defense, to the offense. Right. And thirty
2: plus interceptions is crazy. Yeah, but they were still winning teams
0: or winning games through it. They um, were
2: seven and nine when he threw thirty touchdowns and thirty picks and five thousand yards. It was crazy. Yeah, they, they were one quarterback away.
0: Yeah, but uh, I think obviously Baker Mayfield going to be a lot better than that. Um, and then we saw what they were doing with um, Magic.
2: Right. Right. So, yeah. I think we're all of the same mindset here, but it, it's interesting, though, with the Kyle Traskin, because they drafted him, I believe, in the third round not too long ago, right, or something like that, so... Uh, I, I don't see anything with Kyle
1: Traskin. I don't either, he's, but he's,
2: you gotta think they're gonna give him a chance.
1: Yeah, I like your thoughts about Baker. I, I, I think Baker Mayfield, like, part of the reason he struggled so much was because of that shoulder injury, and... He showed some really solid flashes with the Rams. His first game, without knowing much of the playbook, he was able to beat the Raiders in comeback fashion. He dominated the Broncos and the that's-not-what-he-wanted-to-cook Christmas game against Russell Wilson. Um, he he looked really solid for a Rams team that was kind of falling apart around him, and I think he'd be a good choice. The Buccaneers' offensive line, well, like Giddy said, there's a lot of talent there, specifically with Tristan Wirfs. They are very injury-prone, so... I think having someone who is just a strict pocket passer who doesn't really move around that much wouldn't be the best idea. Kyle Trask was not the most mobile guy in college. Jimmy Garoppolo, while he might be one of the better attainable quarterbacks, and I think he is underrated at times, I will admit he is made of glass, he gets hurt all the time, and having an offensive line that could be banged up and could not really be that reliable and is aging a bit, might not be the best fit for him. So I really look at I look at Baker Mayfield probably as one of their top options. I also look at potentially Derek Carr. I think Carr could maybe fit into that as well and form a good, you know, quarterback receiver duo with Mike Evans. I don't really see them they did spend a lot of money over the last couple of years to put all the pieces together for Tom Brady. Let's also not forget after the Super Bowl win they brought back essentially everyone for last season so they've already allocated a lot of money over the last couple of years and a lot of those players were on multi-year deals and a lot of them are still on the team so I don't really see them being able to make the big splash for Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson who are probably going to be the two most coveted quarterbacks on the market so I'd say float a little below the radar Derek Carr Baker Mayfield two best options I think both of them they could make it work, and they could find themselves back in the playoffs because no matter what happens with the drafting of the quarterbacks, what the Panthers do, if the Falcons try to sign someone, the NFC South is still probably going to be very weak next season, yeah. and the Bucks still have the best-assembled roster of the four teams to be able to compete for a playoff spot without Brady. So I, I think Carr or Mayfield could potentially get you there.
2: So then Derek what? Carr, that's that another name too. You could stick right yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. And with Derek Carr, so what does this mean for now, the Raiders? Because they were one of the hot spots for Tom Brady to land, um, and now with Brady announcing retirement, and pretty much kicking Derek Carr out the door before the season even ended, where do they go with quarterback?
1: this year. Well, you can't bring back Derek Carr because you benched him for Jarrett Stidham. So, yeah, exactly. No, no you publicly shunned the guy. But yeah, yeah, you told the I, guy not to show up to practice. Yeah, which to me is insane when he was the quarterback of the team for a decade and was good. I, yeah, I, I, He's not great, but he's a good quarterback and he was good for that team for 10 years. And that team has had a lot of turmoil over the years and Carr was one of the consistent forces. So I think they're going to be the team that makes the move to try to trade up in the draft. I think What we could really look at is a deal between them and Seattle because the Raiders are picking behind the Seahawks. They could potentially move up a couple of spots. I don't see Seattle looking to draft a quarterback. I think they're going to at least give Geno Smith another shot at this. Maybe give him a two-year deal because he earned it from this past season. And they got to the playoffs with Geno Smith. So... And we've seen how they've been able to draft. If they could move down, Raiders move up, and the Seahawks get an extra pick out of it. We just saw this past year how well the Seahawks drafted outside of the first round. They found Tariq Woolen. They found Kenneth Walker. They put together a great team from this draft. And I think if they got like an extra second-round pick or a third-round pick and swapped their first-round picks with the Raiders, it's a win-win. Raiders could move up. They could try to grab a quarterback because – At this point, Texans are going to take one. Texans are going to take Bryce Young. He's going to probably go number one overall. Then you're going to have, I think we're going to have another debate again, very similar to a few years ago when Justin Fields was in the draft. Do you take the Ohio State guy as the number two quarterback, or do you go elsewhere? Between Richardson or Levis or Stroud, whoever gets taken next is probably going to go to the Colts, and then the Raiders could end up getting the third best quarterback out of the draft. So I think I don't think they're signing anybody. I think they're going to end up trying to build with a quarterback through the draft, and I think they're going to make a trade with Seattle. Uh,
2: My question to you, then, is what, what implications does this have on Devontae Adams? Because he signed up to play with Derek Carr as college quarterback. He went from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, do you really think he'll, he'll want to play the rest of that contract out with a rookie quarterback, trying to figure it out all on the fly with a new coaching staff and all of that? Or do you think the team will kind of realize that that's just not ideal for their star wideout? They committed a lot to him. Maybe they'll go the route of spending the bank for an Aaron Rodgers or maybe Lamar Jackson? I don't know. I don't... Because they, they're in a tough division the right The Raiders
1: now. are also a very poor... And poorly, a very
2: desperate team for wins.
1: They are also a very poorly run franchise. Yes. So I could see them make a bad decision for Devontae Adams. But... You know, they didn't really show that much remorse for Devontae Adams when they benched his friend two weeks left in the season. So, I don't know. Because you can't trade him. Devontae Adams is signed to a big-time, long contract. So, he is there. It's not like he can force his way out with a trade. So... And I don't know if he necessarily wants to be a part of a rebuild because I feel like that's where the Raiders are kind of trending towards. They have the offensive pieces, but they are missing a quarterback and they have a lot of problems with their defense. So I, I really don't know what the best option is here. I I don't th- I don't think can't see Aaron Rodgers going to Las Vegas. If, if Aaron Rodgers went to Las Vegas, that would be one of the most entertaining stories of the season, <laughs> just him being in that city. But I, I don't know how much they want to commit. The Raiders also have not had a history – of wanting to spend big money on quarterbacks. Just look at the quarterback room for the Raiders over the last 15 years. It's been Jamarcus Russell, Fillers, and Derek Carr. They have not really made that big splash, and over that time, they've had a lot of good weapons. So I don't really think Devontae Adams is going to be able to force their hand that much. All I'll say is, that move with Devontae Adams going to the Raiders was just the biggest lose-lose between the Rodgers losing Devontae and not having him this year for the Packers, and then Adams going to a Raiders team that has a lot of problems. And now, them keeping Josh McDaniels looks even worse, too, because I think some people were thinking, well, McDaniels and Brady work great together. If you could sign Tom Brady, they have a history of playing good football together that can maybe rejuvenate Josh McDaniels' coaching career. Now you have a borderline inept head coach. You don't know what you're doing with your quarterback situation. Uh, your draft picks have fizzled out over the last couple of years for a wide variety of reasons. Yep. So, and I think they made the mistake with the coaching. They should have hired Rich Versace a full time. I he agree. Took them playoffs. 100%. So I have no clue what they're going to do, but I don't think Devonte Adams has the leverage with this team right now being there only one year to really force their hand into having a say in what they do with the quarterback.
0: I could see them just trading him just straight up. Like, I, they know that they're going to have to go into a rebuild. They don't have the pieces on defense or on offense. So, I could see them maybe doing a really, really bad trade something uh, DeAndre Hopkins esque or Amari Cooper in the sense where they have all this money tied up in Devontae Adams. They're just going to need to get something out of him. I don't think that they would do a draft pick just because we know how bad that their draft picks have been while well, they're. Uh, uncertainties or just, like, bad skill players in general. But I just feel like they need to do something, either bring in a guy to win games or blow up the whole team. And that's what I understand. Derek Carr,
2: it's not like he was playing like Zach Wilson. Like, he's a very good quarterback. He's a, he's a good quarterback, in my opinion. Like, the reason why the team struggles when he plays is because the defense is consistently in the bottom 10 of the NFL. Like I think I saw a statistic that Derek Carr every single year of his career has played with like the twentieth or worst defense in the league, and 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 maybe except for the the year they went to the playoffs where he got hurt, but I mean he's been playing with really really bad defenses, and you look at this year's. you know, games. That, that game against Arizona, they blew it. I mean, that's all Josh McDaniels' play calling in the second half, and then the defense just not being able to hold up their end of the bargain. The, I I think because my dad, his friend, his name's Bill. He's a big time Raiders fan, and he just he's a big Derek Carr guy, and he just spews all all this information at me that I'm just like, yeah, you know, that's fair enough. And he's like, when you throw the ball four times in the second half against Arizona, and then you lose, it's like, what do you expect to happen? You you played you played complacent. You let them come back, and you lose. And that's just one example. There's plenty of other games where they blew the lead in the, in the later stages of those games. And, you know, they got that lucky win against New England. So I, I think the Josh McDaniels thing was hor- horrible move for them. They should have kept Passaccia. The team played well against... The team Team played well under him. And they went to the playoffs, you know, with Gruden and then that whole thing. Passaccia took over. And they looked good as a team. They played kind of like as a unit. Here it looks like McDaniels correct me if I'm wrong, the Devontae Adams trade was made before they hired McDaniels, correct? Yes. So McDaniels is coming into this situation going, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the quarterback, and Devontae Adams, he's a great, great player, but, you know, like, I don't really care about his opinion about our quarterback. I'm coming in here, I want to build my team the way I see fit. And I, I just don't think that he's on the same page with the players. I think... I, I, it's a, it's a mess because it just seems like the, the front office was desperate to get a, a high-value name in quotation marks as a coach, not Rich Passaccia, who's not really well-known. They'd rather have that and potentially have a flashier head coach than some success. I, it's it's a tough situation for the Raiders. We'll see what they do. You're right. They probably will make a horrible decision in the quarterback free agency market or something like that or yeah. you know potentially trade away their whole future for a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, whatever the case is. Um I just don't see I don't see a very good option here for the Raiders. They're kind of screwed. Like one, they they got they, they have to choose you know which which fork in the road they want to go down, and it's not going to be a good path either way. Yeah.
1: One other point quickly I want to make too is the Raiders, and I think AFC teams without a quarterback in free agency are at a disadvantage right now because now that Tom Brady has retired, and you saw the excellent quarterback play all year in the AFC between Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lawrence, Tua at the beginning of the year. I think some of these free agent quarterbacks are going to rather go to the NFC because they're going to see an easier path. Because, I mean, look at the quarterback room now in the NFC. The South is a mess. The North, what, you got Kirk Cousins. The East, you got Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Dak. The West, the best team is... Going to be starting Trey Lance probably, and then maybe even Kyler. I mean, Kyler's been falling off. Kyler a little bit Murray too. is the most overrated quarterback in football, <laughs> and maybe the most overrated athlete in four professional sports. That is a hot take that I have. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll believe you, man. He's,
2: he he cost me last place in fantasy. Man, I'm going on a trip. I don't want to go on, and so I'll go with you on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like. Th- I think there's going to be a an interest for some quarterbacks. I think the prime one is Lamar Jackson. To, to me, if Lamar Jackson was going to be staying with the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like a deal would have already been made. I think the Ravens are going to end up rolling with Tyler Huntley and Lamar ja- pro bowler Tyler Huntley. Oh, and, God. and Lamar Jackson is going to go somewhere in the NFC. I don't know where, but there are a solid six, seven teams in the NFC that do not have a defined quarterback answer right now that he could probably go to. So i I, so, circling back to the Raiders, I think they're going to have a tougher time attracting one of these free agent quarterbacks to want to go there and play in the AFC West where you have Mahomes, you have Herbert, and you have Russell Wilson now with Sean Payton, and you right. like to think that that's going to be a better ride for the Denver Broncos in their country. So, I, <laughs> I, I, I think... At this point, the Raiders, their best option would be to trade up in the draft and try to get one of those quarterbacks.
2: And then that carries right over to the Jets, right around the corner from here. They're also in the AFC looking for a quarterback, and the rumors have been that they might trade for Aaron Rodgers after signing Nathaniel Hackett as their OC. That potentially being a move, Lamar Jackson has always been in the circulation, Derek Carr. you know, So that's another team, the Jets, who we could talk about for a little bit, that's in that AFC kind of, in the AFC that could be, a destination that some AFC quarterbacks look to get out of and go to the NFC. The Jets desperately need a quarterback too.
1: Yeah. And Luke, what I don't understand with the Jets is it seems like they draft so well. And this past year, a prime example, sauce Gardner, Brees hall, they found so many good pieces, but they can't draft quarterbacks. So they're going to probably try. I think they're going to give up on the idea of drafting quarterbacks and instead try to uh, find somebody, whether it's a signing or a trade, and I mean Hackett's the offensive coordinator so I mean the pieces are in place and if there's any division maybe you'd want to try in the AFC I think it could be the East because the Bills had a really bad exit from the playoffs this year and the Patriots and Dolphins have some major flaws Jets have a lot of young weapons there that looked great and they've got a good defense and maybe that could work with Aaron Rodgers.
0: Absolutely I think Robert Sala is an amazing coach Um, I just feel like The only problem is the offense there. Like, they just need to get that quarterback. Garrett Wilson, I think he's going to be the um, uh, Rookie of the Year. And uh, they also have um, uh, Brees Hall. And he's going to come back great. Uh, When is he going to come back? Like halfway through the season, right? I, I would say so. so. Yeah, yeah, but they have back. they have running backs to carry oh, over absolutely. until he's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so there's not a problem there. They have great wide receivers. They're gonna end up trading um, Denzel Mims. Was that the wide receiver that
1: they had an argument? I think it was Elijah. Moore. Elijah Moore. Yeah. 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 So
0: so they're gonna end up trading him. Um, that's fine. There's a lot of good wide receivers that you can find in the second round. We we've seen that. Like look, just look how the Steelers draft. Like they they always find these diamonds in the rough wide receivers. Um, but yeah, so all the Jets need to do is trade away their pick, get a quarterback, and then just don't be the Patriots when it comes to drafting wide receivers.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I think Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, it kind of reminds me of the Brett Favre stuff, but like, you know, I I don't hate the move cuz I think Aaron Rodgers still has a lot left in the tank and if, you know, before you make that trade if you're Woody Johnson, I think if he commits to you says, "Hey, listen, I'll give you 2 to 3 years and uh, you won't hear any complaints out of me," which is probably not guaranteed because Aaron Rodgers always has some baggage that comes with him. But um, you know, if, if he can play football and, and not sit out or do anything like that, or not that he would, but if he can play football there, the Jets I think are a great spot. They're they just they're a quarterback away. They have some money to spend. They have a young team that was very very good last year, and they dropped what was it the last how many games of the year? I mean, they were what seven and three, and then they finished um, what seven and ten. So what was that? Seven straight losses, six straight losses, and they lost out. And I think the last three games they didn't score a touchdown in any of those games. So, um, you know, hence the the firing of Mike LaFleur, right? And and that's and that's an interesting thing too, because as soon as he was fired, like two days later, Sean McVay hired him as his OC. So the way I look at that is Sean McVay just goes, listen. The Jets were just horrible offensively, no quarterback. This guy is a great coordinator. Let me get him from my team within two days of being fired. And then arguably the worst head coach in football gets hired within a week of him getting fired by the Jets. It's just it's a weird kind of trade-off. I think they used LaFleur as a scapegoat there um, at the end of the year. But again, quarterbacks, I think Aaron Rodgers is a good fit for the Jets. I really do. Good talent at receiver. Uh they have a good defense. Um and this is a team that I think would actually finally draft you know, if Aaron Rodgers gave um who's the Jets GM now? I, I forget. It's not McCagnan. Who is it um who's the Jets GM? Joe. I was Joe, Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Douglas. Yeah. I feel like Joe Douglas would be a GM where if you if Aaron Rodgers literally just texted him, Hey, I want a receiver in the first round, you, you got it, Aaron. Green Bay would never do that. They would always go away from what he would want. They'd draft a cornerback, whatever. They'd never help him out. They always thought Devontae Adams was enough. The Jets are that kind of organization
1: where they would be like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll we'll, we'll try our best. Jets are also in a spot where besides quarterback, they're not missing many pieces yeah, right now. Exactly. The secondary is good. Their defensive line is solid. The offensive line, they just got to hope they don't have a bunch of season-ending injuries in training camp like they've had the last two years. But, right in essence that's good and of course they might have a top five running back room in the in the league right now between Michael Carter and Brees Hall and Zonovan Knight those are three great young backs with a lot of energy still in them so I think they could definitely afford to make a move for Rodgers on behalf of Rodgers and I think teams have learned to make Aaron Rodgers happy uh, draft receivers in the first round unlike what the Packers have done for the last 15 years I think the other thing too is you know
2: the Jet, this Jets team all of their talent for the most part are still on their rookie deals like Garrett Wilson rookie deal Brees Hall rookie deal um Sauce Gardner yeah Sauce Gardner rookie deal a lot of their o-linemen rookie deals i think and Williams he's due for an extension this year but i think i still think he's on his rookie deal it could be wrong but i mean he was just on the rookie deal um so th- there's a ton of young talent and from the financial side, there's enough money to spend on Aaron Rodgers and to build and, and draft another receiver in the draft. Because mostly, when most of your talent is on that rookie deal, that's when you want to win games. Um, and the vice versa to that is, you know, if the whole roster isn't on your rookie deal, you want your quarterback to be on the rookie deal. Um, kind of like what Jalen Hurts is doing right now with the Eagles. That's the reason why they're so stacked. Jalen Hurts is not making any money. He's a second-round pick, doesn't have a fifth-year option. He's making nothing. And the rest of the team, Harry Roseman just throwing money at every position to make them stacked as hell. And so that's how you want to run your football team. But when it's the other way around, you spend all the money on a great quarterback and everyone else is making the chump change, right? So, But again, the Eagles, kind of the other way around. So... That's what the Jets need to do in my opinion. But it'll be interesting to see how this free agent market goes because Derek Carr, like we said, I think that's a good fit for the Jets, a good quarterback. Like, you don't have to give up everything for Derek Carr, and I still think you get solid play from a quarterback, and you don't have to pay him a ton of money either. Um, I, I think that's the route you go, and you can get a lot of years, a lot more years out of him than Aaron Rodgers. So that might be an underrated move for the Jets to make if Aaron Rodgers seems a little too unrealistic for you. I think, I mean, I think the
3: best case scenario is the Jets get Lamar Jackson. okay. And the Jets are gonna have to make like, I think he's the most the Jets aren't in need of a plug and play quarterback. Right. Like, like we were saying, there's it, the, the, whoever comes is surrounded by weapons and is decently protected, and it also will be has a great defense to, to you know to, to let them rest up when they're on the bench. But I think if the Jets get Lamar Jackson, it adds to that run game to a point where the Jets have four threats out of their backfield. Because um, they still have James Robinson, right?
2: The Jets, I believe, still yes. have they James still, Robinson. Yeah. Yep. Yes.
3: So you, even before Brees Hall comes back, you already have a top, a top uh, backfield, and then once you get Brees Hall back, it gets even more terrifying from there. So if the Jets get Lamar Jackson, who could you know, as we know, could create plays all on his own, is still on the younger side of things. He's younger than a guy like Rodgers. He's younger than a guy like Carr. You know, he's the same age as Joe Burrow and then Stetson Bennett. Like, right, right. He, he's still got a ton of time left. Um, I think the Jets are a contender and could make a run if they get Lamar
2: Jackson. Yeah. I think the thing that scares me with Lamar is his playoff uh, stats. You know, Baltimore's had good teams in the past. And the thing is for the Jets, they haven't made the playoffs in such a long time. I think it's the longest active drought in the NFL, probably 10 years yeah. at this point, more than that. So... I'd get from a Jets fan perspective where they're just like, just make the playoffs and let's see what happens. And I think Lamar Jackson would be a great quarterback for that. He'd get you 10-plus wins, and you'd make the playoffs in the AFC East. The problem is once you get to the playoffs, that's where all the expectations, or at least the hope, like the expectations would then go up. Like, oh, Lamar Jackson, 10-plus uh, rushing touchdowns, 20-plus passing. But then all that goes out the window in the playoffs. He has three touchdowns and five picks in four games in the playoffs in his career with the Baltimore Ravens, who better coached, you could you could make the argument, and better roster in past years so the playoff numbers is what kind of scares me about Lamar because you would have to commit a lot of money to him as well and it'd be long term because he's a young guy you would have to you would have to give him like a five six-year deal I don't even know what the final tally would be at least 300 right you would think so it, it's he's a great regular season quarterback no doubt about it but when you get to the playoffs the conversation will then be when he wins you 10 plus games in the regular season and you get to the playoffs, but then he's one and done in the wild card, or maybe wins one game in the wild card and then loses in the division. Because I don't think they'll beat the Bills out for the AFC title. I, I just don't think it'll happen. But then the conversation will be was Lamar Jackson the right choice? Because the Jets can't get over the hurdle in the divisional round. Because you look around the AFC, you need a heavy hitter passer in order to get to where you want to go, and that's ultimately the Super Bowl. If you're telling me, I don't, I don't believe that Lamar Jackson could go on a playoff run and potentially have to beat Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. I think he needs to be a much better passer than what he's shown. Maybe they will. Who knows? I'm not going to say he can't do it because he's a great talent. But from what he has shown us in his first three, four years with the Ravens, he's not showing me that he can be that passer where in crunch time situations down the stretch, he can make those throws across the field, drive you down for game-winning, a game-winning drive or even a game-winning field goal. Like He's not doing Mahomes-type things to get you in field goal range to win the game. Not many quarterbacks are, in fairness, but the point is that's where this, the conversation will shift to.
1: Yeah, and you can have all the running backs you want, to your point, but uh, Lamar Jackson, one of the problems with the Ravens, have struggled to get over the hump in the AFC is it's a stacked conference, first of all, but he hasn't really had... Much of a receiving core, and he has True. not been able to pass the ball that well. And what are the Jets one of one of the Jets' biggest holes right now is receivers and tight ends. So I feel like it's more of a ready-made situation for someone like Rodgers or even a Derek Carr as well. The other thing with those two, compared to Lamar Jackson, Jackson's missed. The last five games of the season, the last two years, he is suddenly starting to have a bit of an injury issue repeatedly here, and he got hurt in the playoff game the year before that. So this is three seasons in a row that have ended with injuries for Lamar Jackson, and for the Jets who have had so much quarterback uncertainty during this 13-year stretch where they haven't made the playoffs, I feel like someone, I know Rodgers is aging, and Derek Carr is as well, but both of them, you can trust that they're going to be on the field for 17 games during the season. They've proven that throughout their careers. And I think the Jets at this point, as every year this past year, they started three different quarterbacks. You know, you're running Chris Strebler out in a Thursday night football game. You need someone who's going to play the full season so you can really get a grasp of what your team really has. And I think someone like a Rodgers or a Carr might be a better fit for than Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar is a better fit for a team in the NFC.
2: Yeah, exactly. If, if the Jets were in the NFC, it'd be a slam dunk, in my opinion, because although the— I still don't think he's a great postseason quarterback. You would not have to beat Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, you know, or even if Russell Wilson makes it this year, Justin Herbert. Like, there are so many quarterbacks in the AFC. If he was in the NFC, the Jets were in the NFC, and they played, you know, against the gene like this year, the Geno Smith, the Daniel Jones, um, outside of really the Eagles or maybe the 49ers, you could win some games, get to a championship round, put yourself in, in a position to win. I,
0: I just think I agree, Eddie. The AFC is just way too stacked. I, I disagree. I, I'm one of the biggest Lamar Jackson haters Um, but the only reason why I could see him coming to uh, the Jets is because MetLife Stadium is actually looking to change their playing surface because we know uh, how much damage the turf does um, because you know Cleats get stuck in and then also when it comes to his playoff he has played against elite offenses throughout his time in the playoffs 2019 Tennessee Titans Derrick Henry then he beat the 2020 Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry, and then lost to the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, you know. And then the Cincinnati Bengals in 2022. Dare I say anymore? Like, it's the defense's fault at that. Obviously, we know he does not have a wide receiver core whatsoever, and I don't want to hear Hollywood Brown was his guy because he he really wasn't. And I feel like if he came here with Garrett Wilson and if he got somebody else, They'd be elite, you know, if if they can also get in a tight end or something, uh, for him, because we know he's got a cannon. He can be accurate when he needs to be, um, but he also hasn't even shown his arm, like to the capabilities. Like he could be a Josh Allen. He's got the legs for it, obviously, but we could see him just throwing missiles down the field, and yeah. The problem
2: is though. I, I look at his playoff numbers, and and although your point is true that I mean the teams in the playoffs are good, that's why they're in the playoffs. But you look at the twenty twenty playoffs, for example. That was the, this was I believe the um, before the COVID before COVID happened. So this was with fans. Keep that in mind. He he won the wild card game against Tennessee twenty to thirteen. So his defense gave up thirteen points to Tennessee. He had one hundred and eighty yards passing, no touchdowns and a pick, and he had a rushing touchdown in that game. Then in the divisional round against Buffalo the defense only gives up 17. He only scores 3 points and he throws for 162, no touchdowns, one pick, and he had a fumble as well. So or it wasn't lost but he fumbled anyway. Point being, that is my prime example. Now you can make the argument that Baltimore doesn't have the receivers, which is which is valid, but the fact that your defense in two games in the playoffs gave up 13 and 17 and you're asking a talent like Lamar to just score you 20 points. You know, that's where I come in and I say I don't know if that's the right fit for the Jets because you'd have to play even more stacked offenses than these two games that I just gave you. This was Josh Allen before Josh Allen, and this was Ryan Tannehill with just Derrick Henry. You'd have to play Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. These guys are scoring 30, 40 points in the playoffs, and you just saw, saw Trevor Lawrence in his first ever playoff game come back from the biggest deficit, almost one of the biggest deficits ever, come back against Justin Herbert. So I think it's just... He hasn't shown it yet, and I think he's good enough to do it, but I, he hasn't shown it yet, and I think that's why I'd be questionable to hand over that much money to a guy who has not shown the ability to win in the playoffs when that's your goal, right? The Jets want to make the playoffs, and then it'll be win a couple rounds, then it'll be get to the Super Bowl and win it with Lamar. I just don't think he can get you past the—realistically, I realistically, with the AFC, I don't think he gets you past the divisional round. And no matter how good your roster is, he just hasn't shown me the ability to go out there and take over a playoff game. Regular season? Forget about it. He takes over regular season games all the time. But when it comes to the playoffs, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to be the same guy. And he's had plenty of games. There's, he's played four playoff games. It's not like he's only played one and done and that was it. It's four-game sample size. Not a huge fan of the playoff play from him. But we'll see. He's still a great quarterback. That would be a Jets kind of move to just get relevancy back with the Jets, make the playoffs. But then long-term, I just have
1: questions. If Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't lower body injury prone, to me he'd be the favorite, and he'd be, I agree. He'd, he'd be my my choice. If but that's I was why the Jets. I go Derek
2: Carr. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he's a very similar player, and he's not as injury prone. And I think he's better than I think he's way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And to be honest, I don't think you would have to commit that much money to Derek Carr because it's almost like a prove a prove it deal for him too. He was shunned by his own team. Now he's trying to prove that he can still play and earn a contract, and he might not have. You know, the Jets might not have to pay him that much, so. And which is good because the Jets
3: don't have a crazy amount of cap space, right? Which I mean, having having like you're saying
2: the, the the flip side of having all these guys on rookie deals is they're gonna have to get paid at some point, right? Or they're gonna walk. And that's and that's why it's so important to get a guy now because as soon as you have to pay Sauce Gardner um, and Garrett Wilson, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay Gar- Gar- Sauce Gardner if he doesn't get hurt. The the top he's gonna reset the market. And oh, when you yeah. do that, it's very hard to build around a team. So that's why with the Eagles, this their window's like right now to win now because everyone they're paying, like Jason Kelsey's been on one year deals for forever. Jalen Hurts is still in that rookie deal, like and Devontae Smith. You're paying AJ Brown a ton. You paid, um, I believe you gave, was it Bradbury a lot? I don't, I don't know if you yeah. gave him a ton. But th- my point being, you have to win now if you're the Eagles and for the Jets. That time is that window is slowly closing. You have to get yourself a quarterback. And I, I just don't know if pulling the trigger on lamar jackson's the right answer i think Derek carr might be then you see where you can
1: go from there well a lot of time still to speculate on it but obviously tom brady's retirement today has kind of thrown a loop into a lot of people's projections so we'll take a quick break we'll come back about 15 minutes left here on the wednesday crew we'll finish with some rapid fire so stay tuned Rapid fire time, 12 minutes left here on the WRSU Wednesday crew with Gideon Fox, Dylan Allen, and Luke Harker. I'm Eddie Kaleggi. So we'll start with some news with the Rutgers football team. Their offensive staff is now set for the 2023 season. They've hired someone with a lot of history as their new offensive line coach, veteran Pat Flaherty, who previously had 15 years of NFL experience as a line coach with the Bears, the Niners, the Jags, the Dolphins, and the Giants during the time that they won both of their Super Bowls in 07 and 2011. He was also an assistant at Rutgers back in the 1990s and is a good friend of head coach Greg Schiano. So, in essence, someone with tons of experience who's won Super Bowls before for a Rutgers offensive line that had a lot of problems this past season protecting Wimpset and Simon and whoever was out there. Uh, Giddy, I think this is a really smart move for the Scarlet Knights to bring in someone who really knows the stuff. Yeah. Big day for
3: Rutgers. Huge day for Rutgers. Uh, thank you, Mr. Bill Belichick. <laughs>
1: um, look, he has
3: experience, which is key for Rutgers because not a lot of – I mean, now now the entire offensive staff has a lot of experience at Rutgers, which is huge because this O-line will be protecting running backs and quarterbacks that do not have a lot of college experience. You have Gavin Wimsat in, you know, is really his second year after being in the quarterback rotation last year. Kyle Manungai, who... You know, had was was there for half a year last year. Sam Brown, who missed the you know the, the latter part of the season last year, so you're, the O line's gonna be protecting guys that just don't have that much experience playing college ball. So when you have a great O line coach, and I, I say it every, the Rutgers O line should have been good before injuries. They and especially this year now, they have a ton of O line recruits coming in. Uh, they have a lot of younger. Of, like of Jacob younger, Allen, like Jacob Allen. I, I couldn't remember his first name. I want to say Dylan Allen, but <laughs> that didn't make sense. I wish it was me. <laughs> um, I mean, he was the news of, of of Jacob Allen signing went away immediately. Right when Rutgers got Gavin Wimsat, but the two of them together is gonna be is gonna be lethal. Once you get you build up the O line just a little bit, you have good running backs, good quarterbacks, or experienced. Um, I think it's a good it's a good hire. I wish Rutgers did all of their hirings a little bit earlier in the off season before players made their transfer decisions or before high school kids made their signing decisions, but better
1: late than never. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Luke, you saw a story now with Tom Brady retiring from the New York Post about uh, his future potentially with broadcasting coming up.
0: Yeah. So um, the Post actually just reported that uh, Brady's going to get a 10-year, $375 million contract with Fox Sports, which would end up kicking out Greg Olson.
1: Yeah. So they said they announced this last year that when Brady retired, he was going to be uh, joining Fox as their lead football analyst. Now, there's a couple of factors here. Number one. I don't know if he's 100% going to join them right in 2023. I could definitely see Tom maybe take a gap year away from football because I feel like if he's immersed by football constantly, then he's going to want to come back and play quarterback again. So he's got to control himself, might have to step away, spend some time away from the sport for a year. But I think he's going to end up doing this. What's weird with this, though, is, you know, and I get into this since I'm into sports broadcasting and maybe I'm a nerd about this, but Greg Olson just got bumped up to this number one spot ever since he'd retired. He was like the third or fourth level broadcast team at Fox. But when Buck and Aikman left, they moved Burkhardt up and then they moved Olson way up to number one. And this year, uh, Fox has the Super Bowl so Greg Olson just called the NFC Championship people are seeming to like his analysis uh also having a tight end in the booth is kind of different we haven't really seen that for a lead announcing pair having a tight end like Olson and for him to you know call the Super Bowl in two weeks and then even if he does a good job get demoted so Tom Brady can move into the number one spot for the next 10 years I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me.
2: I liked Olsen. I thought he did an awesome job. Um, you know, for a tight end, he provided a lot of insight with different position groups. Like, not like his... It wasn't like his expertise was just limited to a tight end and offensive... Play. Like, he was... Like, when you know the the game of football, it doesn't matter which position you played. And That's kind of like the connection I draw to Dan Campbell, the, the coach for the Lions. He played tight end his whole career. But he's able to coach a damn NFL team and go 9-8 and eight and almost make the playoffs after starting, like, 1-6. So... You know, it, it, I thought Olsen did a great job this year. But, you know, Eddie, money talks, man. When you get Tom Brady, I mean, look at what CBS is doing with Tony Romo right now. That's Tony Romo. You get Tom Brady, like, that is going to be the that will might be some of the reasons why people even tune in. Because it's just Tom Brady doing color. And people are interested in hearing what he has to say. Regardless, they, they might not even have a dog in the fight. They just want to listen to Tom Brady and Kevin Burkhart talk. that that. that Money talks, Eddie. But I I do, like, feel bad for Greg Olson because he's done a nice job.
1: Yeah. and And it sucks. But that's the thing there. Like, throughout his career, Tom Brady speaking with the media and even doing his podcast, I don't know. He doesn't really seem like someone who'd be, like, that energetic guy as the analyst in the booth. That could change. I don't think anybody saw that with Tony Romo, and then all of a sudden he shows up and he's like, "Hey, Jim, look at Patrick Mahomes." <laughs> but uh, you know, like, here comes the deep ball, Jim. Yeah. Or yep. this first couple of years when he knew exactly what play is coming. He's like, come <laughs> on, Gronkowski's gonna throw a crosser out, Look. But uh, you know, I, 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 you never know. But I do think it's unfortunate for Greg Olson if he loses this opportunity. But of course, he had to know it was coming. But uh, yeah, like you said, money talks. Uh, 375. He's gonna be making almost 40 million dollars a year. So that that he's 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 gonna be on Fox a lot. And I don't think it's just gonna be these NFL games. I think he is really gonna become like the face of Fox Sports because uh, any network that can suddenly get the greatest player like this is if in the nba when michael jordan retired if he became an analyst for a channel or in a couple of years if lebron retires and ends up working for like espn or tnt they're going to market that so hard and brady's going to be on everything you know how much he likes golf if fox ever got any sort of golf coverage back brady would probably be there they're going to be using tom constantly for just about everything
0: yeah, you you were saying how you think he's going to like step away for a bit, but I don't see that like he didn't step away to to save his marriage and his family uh, <laughs> when it came to football. Um so I, I, I he, he doesn't have that now, so <laughs> I think I think he's just going to stick with it and I feel like this NFL script just makes way too much sense that you know he's going to be casting and then uh you know Patriots go to the playoffs and then oh no, Mac Jones and Belly Zap, you're both hurt. Who are they going to get? Tom Brady. <laughs> this is right after the 80
3: for Brady movies released, <laughs> and Gillette Stadium is packed with older people.
1: Well, Arian Foster did say it's all scripted, so. <laughs> yeah, he's a loser. There's no way. There's no way.
2: Like, you're telling me Matt Ryan lost that game on purpose? Come on. Now. For the
3: right amount of money, he certainly could have.
2: I, I don't care how much you're getting. So you're telling me, like, the coach knew about it because uh, and the, on the offensive lineman who, who had a holding call late in that game, like, you're telling me all 52 players all knew about it and were like, okay, we got to do this and then this. No, yeah, definitely There's no sure. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Foster is just a guy who had, like, a, a peak
1: of three, four years and just flatlined because he's a running back. And that's it. I remember when I was, like, nine, and me and my dad drafted him in the first round, and then that very night, he, like, had suffered a season-ending injury <laughs> in a preseason game against the 49ers, and we're like, really? Yeah. yeah. That's See, that's why he's just
0: mad. He didn't get the bag. So <laughs> Yeah, there's no way it's scripted. Like there's no It would be a giant, like, IRS scam, like, if that were the case.
2: Yeah, like, you really think Roger Goodell went to Matt Ryan not once, but twice, and said, you, to, you gotta lose to the Vikings now, too, and blow that <laughs> massive lead, an even bigger one? And you think he went to Justin Herbert and said, hey, listen, I know you want to win in the playoffs, but... Because of marketing reasons, we want the Jacksonville team to beat the LA team. Yeah, it makes zero sense. Right, it have to be the other way around. that yeah, would make more sense. It makes zero sense. To me.
3: Would you rather have the LA market or the Jacksonville market? Right,
2: SoFi Stadium or you know TIA Bank Stadium, which is home a of the Gator dump, Bowl. A dump. It's an absolute dump. I went there last year for that Gator Bowl. Dump.
1: Hey Jacoby Myers, have we got a story for you for this last play <laughs> in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not believing
2: that for one second. Not believe that for one Jacobi second. Jacoby
3: Myers is shocked at the, sc- at the table read right before the game. He's like, you want me to do what? <laughs> when? You want me to throw the ball away? Why? With no time on the clock? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? Like I would have had a chance to
1: make the fantasy championship, but I was so disappointed in Jacoby Myers after that that I straight up benched him and put in a receiver who definitely didn't deserve to be in my lineup, and then I ended up losing. So,
2: uh, What did Jacoby Myers do on the... How well, many points did he put up?
1: Uh, he had like fifteen or sixteen. Oh. I started oh. someone who had like four. Oh. That was yeah, Man. yeah. But you
3: taught him a lesson, and that's what
1: matters. Yeah, more. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know what? That was like that's, you good like, coaching. You were like Bill Belichick <laughs> benching yeah. Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Yes. You just said, you know what? You're gonna learn a lesson today. I don't care if it's Super Bowl. We're putting in Eric Rowe, and we're giving up as many touchdowns as he will give up.
1: Remember they had that running back? I forgot what his name. Wasn't like Jonas Gray or something who was really good for like a few weeks, and then he got benched for like a Sunday night football game for like no reason. It was he was like, oh, he was five minutes late to practice or something. That was like like 2013. <laughs> 2014 and then he just disappeared and then he never ended up playing for another team so that was like (laughs) he just disappeared it's all scripted it's all scripted maybe
3: he's joining austin alberici in italian football oh
2: yes (laughs) that is true there's actually an italian football league
3: yeah austin alberici is playing i could look up the name of the team i believe it's the rome team uh because his instagram graphic had the coliseum that's crazy but austin alberici new
2: jersey to rome that's awesome that's awesome (laughs) what a guy that's what a guy. Dope. What a guy. Yeah, yes. so he plays That is Rome. the most
1: New Jersey thing by the way to go play Italian <laughs> football. Well, he's going to his, he's going to his native country. <laughs> yeah.
2: There you go. Alberici, that's Italian, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So there you go. I,
3: yeah. Is, was, is he the
1: guy that had the mustache on the sideline or is that yes. one of the other Yeah. Okay, is. come
3: yes. on. This guy belongs in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> this
1: is perfect. He, I think he played a driver too, in the spring game when Cordzac was punting for both teams. Um <laughs> But we will leave it at that because it is just about 8 o'clock. So uh, stay tuned, and in about 15 minutes we'll be starting our coverage of Rutgers men's basketball as they face off with the Minnesota Golden Gophers starting at 8.15 over at Jersey Mike's Arena. It will be.
2: Alec Krauthamel and Alex Carminati will have the call. Oh, boy.
1: So it'll be Alec and Alex over there at Jersey Mike's Arena at 815 and uh, tip off at 830 as Rutgers tries to get the big victory over Minnesota in front of the home crowd. That's all for the Wednesday crew. Eddie Kalecki, Gideon Fox, Dylan Allen and Luke Harker signing off. You can tune in to crew Monday through Thursday, 6 to 8, Fridays, 4 to 6. You've been listening to WRSU FM New Brunswick.